This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Welcome to the program, February 8th. Happy Wednesday, Jim Toth. Happy Wednesday to you. Not as fantastic as Tuesday was, but it's hump day. Let's get at it. Um, it sure felt like later in the week. I woke up and it was Wednesday and I was like, I felt like it was like a Thursday or a Friday. I got great reaction out of people's thoughts on Tuesday yesterday. Yeah. After the Jets at noon, there's a lot of people weighing in. They love or hate Tuesday. Tuesday's yeah. underrated. It's an underrated day. Wednesday, you're halfway there. <laughs> yeah. Thursday's Thursday. Thirsty Thursdays. Yeah. Friday's the weekend. We did this yesterday. Yeah. We're just at Wednesday now. It's not as dynamic as All-star terrific break, Tuesday. Players break. Uh, joining the program right now, very excited to have David Peñata, uh, editor-in-chief of the fourth period, join us right now. David, thanks so much for popping on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, good to have you back, uh, David. Uh, uh, can we ask you, first of all, we heard Cheval Dayoff was in Tampa watching the Lightning Sharks game. Uh, what is his interest in Nikita Kucherov? <laughs> <laughs> Are we are we sure it's him and not Victor Hedman? <laughs> could, could be a package deal. Could yeah, be a package yeah. deal. You want to write that off, yeah. But we've been inundated Sorry. since <laughs> last night into this morning with people going, oh, the Sharks game last night in Meyer. And I'm like, how do we know it's not Kucherov? So yeah. we thought we'd have some fun yeah. with you. But, I mean, we'll just start right there. Uh, what are you hearing around the Jets and, and Kevin Cheveldayoff? Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at, looking at the roster and how um, – really well the team is performing and still battling obviously for you know first seed in the central you know at this point and, and with the way the team continues to perform you want to be able if you're Chevy or, or any GM in that in that position you want to be able to kind of help your team out a little bit and see if you can find a right fit ahead of the deadline that also nowadays fits within um, the salary cap structure I, I believe you know defense for most teams is always an area um, that going into the postseason, you know, you want to improve upon. And um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's an area perhaps, you know, you look at a third pair left side type of defenseman that can come in, um, providing everybody is healthy. You, you want to bring in somebody on that third pair slash depth defenseman that, that can slot in. They're a little bit cheaper, certainly, than, than a top four. Um, you get a little bit more cost effectiveness with them, and uh, you can kind of slot them in. And we saw a bit of the marketplace shape out with Megna getting moved from San Jose to Seattle for a fourth round pick. So you, you kind of get a sense of what the price tag is on something like that. But also for this team, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they're looking at their bottom six, perhaps on the third line, uh, to see if they can provide a little complementary depth, you know, to, to this club. Is it, is it a versatile player like an Ivan Barbashev, for example, that is generating a ton of interest out of St. Louis, um, who can play all three uh, forward positions? Having an off year offensively, but you know a, a player that uh, put up 60 points last year. So you're kind of looking at this, going, okay, is this an opportunity uh, to come in, different environment, uh, play on a on a contending team now because St. Louis is pretty much out of it, and then you know kind of go from there. Or, or you're looking at if it is San Jose, uh, is a Nick Benino a fit, you know, for for a team again, another versatile player that can play center or wing, um, and uh, you know you perhaps you slot him on that third unit with Lowry and, and interchange one of the other wingers. So uh, I think it's complementary pieces more so than anything, uh, but you got to make sure that they, they fit not just financially, but also uh, within, within the room as well. That's a very key component for a team that feels like they can contend and, 
that's certainly the sense I'm getting from the Jets. Is term also going to be an important piece of, you know, being able to control, maybe bring in some guy that's an RFA or a guy that maybe has got a year or two on their term. Is that going to be a big consideration for the Winnipeg Jets or is it going to be strictly looking for rentals? I think when you go into this scenario and we've seen in the last few seasons where, you know, players with one year left on their contract have, have been moved either deadline day or ahead of the deadline. Uh, so I, I don't think managers now are shying away from that opportunity. Really, it comes down to the cost. Mm-hmm. So if it's going to cost, um, I'll throw it out, a fourth-round pick to get a guy now or a third-round pick to get a guy for two potential runs, you got to outweigh that and say, well, you know what, if it's just moving up one, it might be worth it to have a guy not only for this year, but he's controllable going into next season. He's going to build chemistry. We may be, uh, excuse me, be able to – utilize him for two runs. So it, it just comes down to the cost. I think every GM contending team on a contending team rather is weighing out those options and, and seeing if, you know, the prices really drop over these next three weeks and a couple of days here before the deadline hits. How busy do you think the deadline will be, David? I know we're a ways away, but it seems, especially here in Winnipeg, Uh, I think it's one of the most difficult jobs to do. Sheveldayoff's got to augment this team to make a run this year, but he's also got Dubois and Shifley and Hellebuck looming. And I think Dubois and Shifley this offseason have to be looked at if they're not re-signing here. So how difficult of a job is this, and and how busy do you think it would be if if you're Kevin Sheveldayoff? I think you're certainly taking that into consideration, as well as the fact that the West, for the most part, pretty wide open. Um, and, and if you can make a splash and if the right deal falls into place, um, your window that you feel is open right now, you may swing that wide, even wider. You may break down the window because you feel um, that not only is, is, do I have an opportunity here to make some noise, uh, but I, I want to do it within a time period where, uh, yeah, those, those questions are going to come up later on. Now, they, they, there should be a decent enough sense at this point um as to the potential you know providing we're still in a competitive environment the team is still moving forward the next three four five seasons we feel like part of the window or some of the window will still stay open so all of that will be into consideration uh from the player side of things chevy's side you want to get a sense as to how realistic it is to go long term and that's going to also dictate what you may potentially do ahead of the deadline but if but i think one of the weighing factors not just for winnipeg but also you know, Colorado's now woken up a little bit. Minnesota's looking to bring in a rental piece uh, in their top six. Uh, Dallas is exploring their options as well, a little bit of cap space, trying to create some more. They feel like you know, these teams are looking at the Central and looking at the West in general going, we may have an opportunity if the right deal comes to us to really make some noise this, uh, this season. So all of those elements are certainly coming into play. And you know, you, he may have a sense that this is the window now. Let's try to go for it now and we'll figure out the summer stuff in the summer. Uh, Timo Meyer's a guy that, uh, you know, the people are looking at and saying, well, that's mm-hmm. likely why Shivaldayoff was uh, in Tampa. Um, how much is the qualifying offer uh, of $10 million? Is, is that a problem, or is that something that Timo Meyer and his agent are able to work around? It's something they're going to they're gonna work around. And, and um, I, I, I mean, I would, if I'm Chevy, I inquire. I want to know mm-hmm. what the price is. Um, and then I want to get a sense of what the, the contract looks like. Now, San Jose is willing to give teams permission to speak to Claude Lemieux, his agent, once they've got the parameters of a trade structured out. Um, so in these situations, you know, Mike Greer will basically say, yeah, he wants X amount of, of dollars a year. 
Um, and then you guys figure it out if we can agree on a trade. So with Timo Meyer, you know, I, I still believe New Jersey wants to make that happen at some point. Um, they, they've been in it really since, you know, when, when back in the, at the start of the season, when Greer came out and said, I'm willing to listen to offers on Carlson, and that kind of blew up and took, a, took everybody by storm. It wasn't just an announcement on Carlson. It was an announcement that we're totally open for business. Give us a call on a player. And Timo Meyer was kind of the underlining message there because of, of, of his contractual situation. So any team that ultimately, because talks have basically gone back to that point. So any teams that want to acquire him know that if they're acquiring Timo Meyer, they're effectively going to have an extension in place once, once everything is said and done. So that $10 million qualifying offer, while it looks a little hmm, dicey on paper, I, I'm, I haven't gotten the sense that it's a concern for any of the teams that have interest in him. Well, I was at the Jets game, oh, it has to be over a month ago, about maybe two months ago, but the whole brass from the Arizona Coyotes were there. It was the, the game they played Florida. And mm-hmm. I actually was sitting beside them in the press box, and they were writing down names from both teams and looking at it. And I just was looking at Chikrin, and I'm like, I, there's not a team in the NHL who wouldn't like to acquire him. But what is the ask for him? Because to me, it seems like what I've been hearing, David, and you're way more in tune to this than I am, but it seems they're trying to get a couple assets for the player, and then they're trying to get a couple assets for the contract he has. Why is this taking so long, and and what is the ask? Well, it's taking so long because the ask, which is effectively three to four assets, depending on what they are. I'll I'll break that down in a second. But uh, Bill Armstrong, their GM, has not wavered from that at all. And... It's funny. I was actually speaking to a couple of people about this earlier on in the week um, on actually Monday and Tuesday. And um, the sense that some teams are getting now is that if it doesn't happen now, they're going to look to the summer. And when you get to the draft, that's like the next deadline, so to speak, in terms of a trigger point to make moves. So teams get a little more antsier there. There's no financial situation that they have to worry about in the summer as much as they do now. Um, so that might be another opportunity, and they may even generate the return that they really want um, to get back. So you're looking effectively at a first-round pick, a A-slash-A-plus prospect equivalent to a first-round pick in value, another young piece, either you know B-plus or whatever, and then maybe there's another tag-along uh, of, of another high draft pick or, or a prospect, or if they have to, if the team trying to acquire this player needs to offset with moving out a roster player to, to offset that money, then that's where you get into that four asset piece. Uh, take back a body, and then you'll, be, you'll, you'll generate another prospect or, or pick out of it. So it's effectively three top-tier assets, like A-plus assets that you're looking for. And then if it's a fourth piece, it's because there's a body that needs to come back from a financial thing, and you've you got to kind of outweigh that. So, that, I mean, that's been going on for, since last season. Um, those discussions and because he's controllable because he's got two more years left at 4.6 million um, th- there's no there's no angst for this team to to press the um, the panic button in, in, in needing to get him out now he'd love to leave and they'd love to make it happen but they're just waiting for somebody to pay up and does anybody step up in these next three weeks I mean obviously we'll wait and see but uh, Boston's right there LA's there um, Anaheim as well there, there are a bunch. I can tell you one team that has always been linked to in Florida. I've been told they're out of that mix. They just don't have the assets to make it happen. 
Uh, one one quick one here. We only got about a, a minute left, but I I, I got to ask you about the Blackhawks. I mean, Patrick Kane, mm-hmm. um, you know, Jonathan Taves, of course, a local uh, product here from from Winnipeg, and even Max Domi. Also, uh, discussions here in, in in Winnipeg if he's acquirable. What's what's going to be happening in with the, with the Chicago Blackhawks, and is there potential there for the Jets? Yeah, well, I mean, look, Kane and Taves, they've got their lists. They know which teams are in the mix that have interest in them. They'll narrow that down over these next, you know, week, two weeks or so. Um, and then by the end of the month, they'll, they'll effectively decide what they want to do. Now, it sounds to me right now that it is more likely than Kane is, is willing to accept the move than Taves. But we're starting to get a sense that Chicago would really prefer to move both of them. And, and I believe that message has been brought across. So I think, that's gonna, I, I think this is going to be an interesting few weeks. Domi as well at Tennessee. You've got two guys on defense in, in Murphy and McCabe that have term that they're looking to move to. Chicago could be really busy, and depending on the dollars and, and how much they're willing to retain, Caves, yeah, like you said, still linked to the Jets, and, and Domi could be a sneaky ad as well for a playoff team that wants some, some grit and versatility from a forward. David Peñata, uh, editor-in-chief of the fourth period, uh, the fourth period.com as, uh, as well, so go and check them out, all the one of the best NHL insiders, uh, that's for sure. David, really appreciate your time. Take care, okay? You got it. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Great Talk stuff, soon. David. Thanks. And just to confirm, no Kucherov Hedman package for the Jets. No, I'd be so maybe you may have to throw Sorelli in there to make it realistic. <laughs> <laughs> have a great day, yeah. day my man. Uh, fourth and fifth rounder for the Jets heading that way, something like that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you got to pay something. The You're not just going to gonna Chris, get it for free. Oh, they don't have the rights to Thorburn anymore, but. Um, Hey, we're having fun here, but that, that's great. David's as tuned in as anybody else, so we mm. really appreciate his time. And, and really on the cost, like that's what he's really good about is what he's hearing for the ass and the numbers there. So uh, there you go, Jets fans. You've been here. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now, and there's just some of the names that what it would take or, or what the thoughts are on some of that. All right, we'll be right back. On the other side, we'll get to your text messages, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Uh, a real good contract was handed out in the NHL uh, yesterday. It was made official. It lines up real well for uh, a club out east. We'll talk about that after 1230. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. One minute power play with... One uh, minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. Hello. Uh, I got a real deep question <laughs> for you today, Sarah. This is myself. I'm not, I haven't, we haven't formed this out to our listeners. This one's coming from deep within my soul and my heart. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sarah, is the universe deterministic? Deterministic? Like has your plan in mind type of thing already? Uh, According to dictionary.com, relating to the philosophical doctrine that all events, including human action, are ultimately determined by causes regarded Mm. as external to the will. Why don't you use normal people words (laughs) and I'll understand what you're talking about? Well, I can easily follow that sentence, Jim. Ricky. (gasps) Uh, Like partially? Partially. That's my answer. Partially predetermined, really. Partially wow. predetermined. Kind of like this That's segment. Why, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deeper question than the toilet paper one. I will say is that. Yeah. I got two it, hours it? of radio out of that yeah. yesterday. Is, is it? Right up until 3 p.m., people yeah. are still weighing in on the mm-hmm. overall. Now, now, in all seriousness here, I know we kid around a lot here on the power play, but in all seriousness, we found an under roller within us. We did. Really? Yeah. Skyler Peters. <laughs> He's got roommates. Yeah. Under roller. Under roller. But it's like and he was just bad. It. Wouldn't listen to reason. No. Which is scary. Wow. First the summer car. 
Yeah. <laughs> then the minus five in beer league hockey, which is tough to do. The the summer car Even is the great. In beer league. That's the great thing for Skyler. Like because usually at minus car. three, your own teammates in beer league hockey say, "Why don't you sit this one out, champ?" <laughs> now the under rolling. It's suspect. Is all I'm saying. It doesn't stop. He said he was. He said he's because he plays right wing. That was his excuse. He's like, I was playing right wing. There's no excuse for under rolling. (laughs) And we're over time. Thank you. That's your one minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. Sarah's out of the box. There you go. Gone. One minute penalty. One minute. uh, We never really had her. As soon as we had her, she was gone. You know, that's just just the deterministic nature of the universe. She's deterministic herself in to get out of that news booth as fast as she can at 1233. Kevin Texas Show 204-780-68. If you underroll, you probably put milk in the bowl before cereal. I It's shifty. I don't trust you. Milk Who in the bowl that? before the cereal. Who does that? Who does that? Yeah. Are there people out there? Seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Are there psychotic. people out there who put milk in before the cereal? That's psychotic. That's What crazy. are you doing? <laughs> That's wild. I've never even heard of that. I don't even want to meet anybody that I've that. never heard of that. You put the cereal in and then you cover it with milk. I saw my uh, my grandpa one time, Roly, uh, my grandpa Roly. He was sitting there and he was sitting in a chair. He had a bowl. I walked by and looked like he was eating Cheerios. And there was a milk in there. And I said, what What are you? Uh... He says, just, just water. Cheerios and water in a bowl. Cheerios and water? Yeah. Well, did he put the water in first? I bet you I didn't. didn't. I didn't see. Roly's a straight I, shooter. He's not putting yeah. the water in. Oh, no, my grandpa Even Roly. though it's suspect with the water. Straight shooter is the exact proper way to to uh, define my you grandfather You think you Roly. know somebody, eh? And then they're an under roller. Yeah. He does have roommates. we got to get him on the show. we got to figure this out. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Uh, talking about Jacob Chikrin and, and the ask in for him. We just had David Pignata with uh, uh, the fourth period on us. First round pick, um, an A-plus prospect, um, basically another first round pick, and then a B-plus or an A prospect plus a tag-along uh, to go along with that. Texter 204 780 uh, 6868. Kyle says, Hey, Cam and JT, Chevy should absolutely pay that pl- price for Chikorin. Uh, the Jets are going nowhere with this defense as it's presently built. And a guy for Chik- of Chikorin's caliber with a reasonable contract for two more seasons after this one, that's a pretty reasonable ask. I do it and not think twice in the future. If they have to trade Chikorin, they could easily get a first rounder for him if they have to recruit, recruit some as- uh, assets. Anyways, uh, do it, Chevy. That one from Kyle. Why are they going nowhere with this defense? It's one of the, well. The thing is, Jim. It's like one of the uh, top teams in the league in goals against. That's what I mean. Why are they going nowhere with this defense? It's not awful. Yeah. It's not like you can't go anywhere with them. They got a goal differential of plus twenty nine. The D men are scoring at an elite rate this year compared to the last previous seasons. I, I don't. I look. Could it be augmented? Yes. Is Neil Pionk need to pick up his game to the level that we've seen him play before? I agree. Yeah. Even Neil agrees. He spoke to that in one of the pregames prior. Um, but I, I could it be better? For sure it could. But they're not going to go nowhere with this decor. They do need to figure out this rotating door with Hainola, Sandberg, and Stanley. That's, that has to solidify itself. And that's what they need to do because yeah. even come playoff time, you are not going to go into a playoff series and rotate these guys. You're going to go maybe two games, and if one has a bad one, put it in. But that's what they're looking at. The Chikrin price is interesting because – 
so it's a first round pick with for the, for the Jets would be twentieth or mm-hmm. or less, and then a first round uh, an ass. So it's Billy Hainola who's the equivalent of a first round pick high end asset, or maybe Brad Lambert, um, and then you got to send a player there, which and, and maybe it's Harkins because you're probably going to deal him anyway. Yeah. But the money coming in is four six, so you could do that deal right now. But if you want to do some other things, I mean, that's just what I've been hearing about it. I'm glad uh, David uh, confirmed that because I've been hearing they want two pieces for the player and they want two pieces for the great contract that he's on. Mm. And I just think that's a tough ask. I think if you look at the Bo Horvats of the world, if you look at uh, some of the other players that are dealt at the deadline, it's usually a, a, a two picks and a prospect, yeah. or it's. And one of the picks has to be a first-round pick, so they're trying to get that extra asset in there. The Jets don't have to send at 4-6 something to Arizona, but I bet you they want to. Yeah. But sending Harkins isn't going to alleviate much cap space. No. No, and if that drops down to a first, an A-plus prospect, and then a tag-along, I, I, I think the deal gets done. But I, I don't know. The thing about Chikrin is that that contract becomes less and less valuable every single day that it goes by. Chikrin wants out of there. I mean, obviously, he's a, he's a professional. He's playing to exactly uh, his standard. He's been playing really, really well with a, with a bad team. He's a plus. He's a plus in his plus minus on a, on a really, really bad team. And so what's going to happen with Jacob Chikrin? I'm not sure. I, I think that this is something that might not even be dealt with this season. You want to hear my Timo Meyer trade? Yes. I think to get Meyer, you're going to have to send Hainola or Samer. And, and you get LeBlanc thrown in this. He's a yeah. D-man there that's got a contract that's expiring, and and, and uh, I think the Sharks want to get rid of that. I think he's a, is he a forward? No. Oh, yeah, he is, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's a forward. Is he a forward? Okay, well, then maybe you don't. But I think it's going to cost you – like, you have to send a forward there. And so it's going to be Brad Lambert. It yeah. has to be a high-end forward prospect. I don't think Lucius is out for the season now. Um, I think they'll knock on Lucius. Uh, you know, they'll even ask for Perfetti probably, but I think you have to send a Brad Lambert who's a first-round pick equivalent of. Then you have to throw in a first-round pick, mm-hmm. and then I think you have to add something to it. You probably send Harkins just to get uh, some some room on the roster. Um, and you, you probably sp- have you to send sp- something else. You got to spend money to make money. This is like this is going to cost something. You just have if Boston's in on this, which we hear they are, and the other names that we've heard. Just look at what they've spent at deadlines, yeah. and it's three high end prospects and a player. I, I think Boston's going to go heavy. They're going heavy. Well, of course they are. They're going to yeah. go after Patrick Kane, and Patrick Kane would likely go to Boston. But the problem with Boston is, is they are like the Jets, and they don't like rentals. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tampa's made a career out of this. There should be a documentary on how they've acquired the Nick Pauls of the world and the the different trades at the deadline and and managed to get guys in on, um, like, Hag out of Chicago last year at $1.5 million. He's now in their top six. Yeah. And everybody said they overspent on picks and sending Tibbet there. I don't think they did. Like, they, they basically, the pick that could be developing in their system is they're under contract at 1.5, and he's playing in their top six. That's how the Jets have to do things now. Mm-hmm. They have to acquire these guys. And, and that's why, as much as I think they are big game hunting, I think they're happy going into the playoffs with this top six. Yeah, Would they like Meyer? Yeah. It's just the looming question about Shifley and Dubois. And you can't – I know that for how GMs it's, think. Like, yeah. like if we had this discussion earlier. It's a good one for our fans over the next couple of days. Would you rather your team went for it and didn't get it done than not go for it at all? And what I mean by that is if if you want Timo Meyer here, 
Would you rather they went for that and sent out four prospects, two high-end guys like Hainola and maybe Lambert or maybe Perfetti, I don't know, to, to take a run at it? Or would you rather they just keep building and building and building and building and hope one year they catch lightning in a bottle? Because of that looming question, Jim, is there also the idea in the back of the mind that they're going to have to hold assets with Shifley and PLD going into their last year of control, that they're going to have to package some deals to make some moves that will keep the team at least as close to stable or linear as possible? So here's a great question in my opinion. Yeah. Do you, the fans listening to this, want Kevin Cheveldayoff to augment this lineup for the next two years and then lose both Shifley and Dubois free agency? Will you hold that against him, knowing that I'm trying to make deals, I'm trying to bring in the Myers of the world, I'm trying to do this, but yet I can't mortgage the future because in two years I might be out two of our top five players for nothing. So I'm going to just keep it, ride it out, and keep trying to win a Stanley Cup this year and next year. But will you forgive him in year three from now when all you get is nothing or maybe a deadline deal where you get two picks for those guys, but they do nothing for the roster in year three and four from now? I I think that you might have people say, yes, go for it now. But then when you get to that year three and four and the situation is as bad as it could be, I think you'd have people questioning what was what was done. I mean, and that's, letting those that's guys not a joke. Nothing. Like after next season, if you just if you just keep them all and keep trying to make trades to bring in the bottom six and and D yeah. and just try to keep winning the Stanley Cup. But in in a year and a half from now, this team could be without Shifley, Dubois, Wheeler, and Hellebuck. Yeah, I mean, how much? And that's the thing we constantly hear from Hellebuck is he's committed to this team as long as they're going for it. Well, and that's the thing. As so long as you're committed to a champ, And I'm not a fan a of the Jets. We know this. I yeah, just yeah. cover the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as a fan, I want my team to go for it when they're close. And I don't care what the cost is. And I don't hold it against them from two years from now to go, well, you went for it and now you got to rebuild this and it didn't work out. I'm the guy who, because I'm a Bears fan, an Astros fan. <laughs> yeah. I grew up a Flames fan. Yep. I'm a Philadelphia 76ers fan. My Sixers are a prime example. They keep drafting first-round picks. They win Rookie of the Year, and they trade them. The last three years, after 20 years, the Sixers are finally in contention again. Do what you can to win. Well, it's like I want to see you win. Are you? Are, it's this is a, the the Kawhi Leonard question. It's exactly was the it, Kawhi Leonard. Was it worth it for the Toronto Raptors? Yes, it was. Because but it worked they won. Out, but it, because it worked but out. But if they lose that final to to Golden State. And he walks. And they, lose, a, and they lose DeMar DeRozan, who's committed f- to Toronto. And I'm a fan who would be fine with that. You went for it when you had the chance to win it, and I don't uh, care it, that two years later you suck and you have to rebuild. See, it's like, but but is that the only way to win a championship is go for it? I mean, you see, no, you see Washington year after year, for, and they finally were able to break through and finally win their championship. And they were consistently getting into the playoffs with great teams, President's Trophy caliber teams, and they were able to to manage the cap. I just think if this is handled properly, I don't think that there needs to be a situation where the Winnipeg Jets take that big dump. Well, th- that, this is what's lost in all our conversations with the disappointment of the last five seasons is that's what they've done. 
I think they've done a really good job. Now, I know they didn't make the playoffs last year, but they should have. And there yeah. was stuff going through. It's predominantly the exact same team. 100% Coaching, they should have made the playoffs whatever you want to blame year, yeah. it on, the, the atmosphere in the room. But to me, it doesn't stand out last year. They didn't make the playoffs. This team has been in the playoffs or a playoff contending team for five seasons now because they keep rebuilding and signing friendly contracts. Yeah. But they're there now, Cam. Like, they're there this year and next. They're in the top 10 of the National Hockey League. Do you want them to hold these guys and keep augmenting it? Or are, do you want them to sort of move these guys in the summer and start the re? It's not going to be a complete uh, rebuild, but... As long as, as the, to me, as long as you have Hellebuck on this team, um, you have a chance. And finally, I'll say, don't forget that even if you go into the summer... And and they're not resigning. You're going to get something for Dubois. Well, you have to. You're going to get something for yeah. Scheifele. This is stuff for the summer. That that's for sure. And I and I think that this really, um, this is where this really kind of fans out. We'll get some text messages here. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. This texture says, "Go for it. You can get picks prospects when we trade Dubois, Helly, and Scheifele." We have to go for it this year. Um, this texter says fans will hold anything on Chevy, even if he gets Bedard, McDavid, and Gretzky. Uh, this this texter <laughs> says will, go for true. it, win now, Stanley Cup or bust. This texter they have to have to have to make a big deal. This is it, the last chance. Three guys that might be gone after next year. This is it. We're going. We're not going to win anything with this lineup have to shore up a third line in d or you're just wasting time i like this text oh good question if i'm chevy i go for it and then retire in two years thanks for the run <laughs> i gotta is, go <laughs> well there's a reason he's got a his contract extension is three years so he deals with this situation well, this is what it's about like, like he's tied to who enters free agency that summer he's tied yeah. to the shifleys the hellebucks the dubois now and wheeler's done when wheeler's contracts up i think he'll get if not here, an offer for one or two years. But I also don't know if he wants to keep playing, but whatever. I This isn't a Wheeler discussion. Yeah. It's just the fact that there's three key pieces in this top six that could be gone next year. And I, I'm just, most of our listeners who have texted in agree, you just go for it. And if three years from now you're missing two centers down the middle and Perfetti's your number one center and he's still a little green, and you're trying to augment it with whatever trade you can. So you'd roll in next year, knowing that you're not going to keep. I roll all in right now. And then, well, yeah, you're you're going you're going. And then this off season, I sit down and I go, who wants nine million dollars a year or eight and a half? And if both fifty five and Dubois say no, uh, then I make deals to get what I can for them, and then I go into next year trying to make another run again. But I try to start building towards the future at the same time. But yeah, right now, I go for it. I, no, I, th- I think the NHL is more you need consistently to get into the playoffs and then see what happens. If you have the right pieces, you can you can make a run in 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 the, in, in the NHL playoffs. I, I just don't like in the NBA. It, it's a foregone conclusion almost every year. Like there's there's four teams that have a chance in the NBA to win the sta- to win the title. There maybe four. I just, there's three. But in the NHL, we got to take a break yeah. here. But but in the NHL, it, some there's usually ten or eleven or twelve. I just think we're in year eleven. And I think most Jets fans, you can let us know if you don't. I think yeah. they want them to go for it, even though that three years from now it could. Kevin says, let it let her buck. Neil says, go go try and make a big trade now. This one, George. Hey guys, it's George. We're not playing to win. If we're not playing to win, what are we doing? Let's uh, let's come back. We'll talk Dylan Cousins that deal um, and why it's a real great one for Buffalo and perhaps the rest of the league. Jets at noon on six eight CJOB. Here's here's the thing too, Jim, is maybe not doing anything or doing very small tweaks is the best thing to do as well. 
what, the offseason with the Jets, huge amounts of people clamoring for massive change. Didn't happen. Ended up working out. Yeah, no, I'm I'm for that. Like I, I like the rebuild, but you gotta go for it too. And and uh like I think loss in the whole Dubois conversation is if you do deal him, something will be coming back. It's not like he's walking a free agency. That's why you have to deal him. Yeah. So you do get something back that you don't it's not gonna be as good as Dubois, but within two years it might be. So it's just I think it's the toughest job in the NHL right now. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be one heck of an offseason. Dylan Cousins with Buffalo 7.1 7 years. Uh is going to match with Tage Thompson as well. Uh, very similar contracts. He's going to be 21, he's going to be under 30, still under contract, and then he's going to look to get into a contract while he's entering his prime. He's going to get paid again. Uh fantastic deal for Cousins and for the Buffalo Sabres organization uh for now and into the future. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. Thank you very much to Jeffrey Forche as well as Tamana for producing the show. Jim told the ticket all the way to 3 o'clock. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.